0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from our special guest. I'm not saying all that to brag, I'm saying it for a reason. I've seen God do just about everything. This morning in Mississippi, God showed me something I've never seen before. And there's a few people here today that were in that service. Or if you this is some of that Mississippi crowd that were there. My brother back there in the back row, and these that are right here. I saw something I have never seen before. I was getting ready to preach and a man approached the pulpit. I thought, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like, am I about to get attacked or, you know, blessed? I don't know. You never know. (laughs) And he wanted the mic. Now, hey, listen, don't be getting funny ideas around here, okay? By the way, the last thing I need is, you know, uh, uh, (laughs) Pastor AJ or or Pastor Eddie calling me, saying, listen, why'd you get permission for everybody to come like it's open mic night every week, just coming for the mic. This man approached the mic. There was just something about him, and I, I leaned over. I was in the middle of telling a, a joke. Not really a joke. I was bragging on a restaurant that I like over in Corinth, Mississippi, and I was prophesying to the restaurant owner through the camera. And this man approached me, and I thought, well, maybe it's Russell. You know, it's Russell's Steakhouse. If you have never been there? Oh, Lord in heaven. Let me, let me just tell you right now, Ruth's Chris doesn't have anything on Russell's Filet, all right? Now, Sister Ruth, if you're watching, Sister Ruth, Chris, if you're watching, God bless you in Jesus' name. But I like you, too. But I'm just saying, Russell's got something on their filet. It's that marinade. So I I was talking about steak (laughs) and getting funny about the marinade. And this man approaches me. I said, are you Russell? He said, no. He said, but I was here a year and a half ago. He said, and my wife had you lay hands on me. I was diagnosed with, I was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Five doctors, five doctors confirmed the diagnosis of Alzheimer's. And my wife brought me to a service and hands were laid on me. He said, I went to the sixth doctor. There's no Alzheimer's in my body. In my entire life, I have never heard nor seen someone healed of Alzheimer's. And I've been on my phone reconfirming because I don't want to say anything if it's not true. But it is documented by the doctors that that man is completely healed by Alzheimer's. Now you might be saying, why should I get excited about someone I've never met? Because the God that was in Mississippi this morning is in this house tonight. And if He healed that man, He can heal you, deliver you, set you free, and do a miracle for you. So I think... I know he's not here, but I want to take a moment. I know that man isn't here, but the God of that man is here. And I think you ought to, I think you ought to take a moment and praise God because the miracle worker might just do it for you. Oh, I love you, Lord. Father, I thank you that just when we think we know everything about you, just when we think we've seen everything that you have, you remind us how great and how awesome you are, and I thank you for what you did for Mr. Michael in Mississippi, but I thank you for what you're going to do for the Michael that's in this room tonight. I thank you for the healing. Oh, I feel like we just have to praise him just a little while longer. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. It's not really my key, so I really need the choir to back me up right now. How great is our God. Sing with me how great. Would you worship that great and wonderful God tonight? Hallelujah. 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 It was if it was back when I was a little younger, we would say you are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba, Father. You are worthy of our praise. To you our lives we raise. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. It's that easy. And you are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba, Father, and You are worthy of our praise. To You our lives we raise. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. And You forgive me for what I'm about to do, because if it was even a little older, we'd say, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance. After the rain, Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. King, And kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. Now, I bet you know this one. And oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved. You know why I keep the songs alive? Michael, stand up real quick. Her little brother, Zach, that's, this is my, run up here because they know your brothers, but they don't know you. This is my daughter. This is, she thinks she's a hippie. Uh, hallelujah. This is my daughter, Michael Angelina Suarez. And she started working for her father. Praise the Lord. Her little brother came. I'm going to tell you why I sing the old songs. First off, because it's, that's the songs they were singing when I prayed through there's songs that were sung when i was at the altar and so when i get in my place with god those are the songs i hear in my head and secondly her little brother came home one day after their mom passed away and it was just the four of us and one day i'm waiting and here comes the bus and zach comes off of the bus walking towards the house and he's doing some kind of weird i didn't know if he's having a seizure convulsions like i don't know what's wrong and he's you know I, whatever that thing is. It's like half a huckabuck Pentecostal shout and a, I don't, I just, I, some kind of a weird. And just, like, what's wrong with my kid? And he gets a little closer in the yard and he's saying, can you whip? Can you nay-nay? I'm like, no, but I can pray, pray and I rebuke that thing off of you right now. What in the world? <laughs> you can go back to your chair. I said, Zachary, where'd you learn that song? He said, on the bus. On the bus. Man, when I used to go to school, Pastor, you had to sit there. And forgive me, I'm from Chicago, so we can say this word. You had to sit there and shut up. You couldn't talk. You just sat on the bus, you know, and just, man, those things are like party buses now. All you need is a disco ball going in there. And I just realized I can't control what my kids hear on the bus. I can't control what they hear at school. But when they're in my car and they're in my house, I'm going to make sure they hear Holy Ghost music. I'm going to make sure they hear prayer. I'm going to make sure they hear speaking in other tongues. And I'm going to make sure that for every time they hear about Nene, they hear, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Give him praise in this house. All right, my concert's over. You can be seated. one time not name dropping just for the sake of the story i was having i was having dinner with a, a guy you may have seen on television before his name is benny Hinn. We we're having dinner and he said do you know why i sing <laughs> i said no but i always wondered he said i create my own atmosphere he said sometimes people come with bad attitudes so i sing until i'm ready and he goes tony create your own atmosphere so blame pastor benny it's not my fault he gave me permission to sing michael told me yesterday in the car she's like dad are you gonna sing in the services I'm like maybe she's like oh my god because i cringe every time you sing like, like you say cringe one more time i'll sing louder I'll sing in Portuguese. I don't even sing Portuguese, but I'll learn one in Portuguese. I'm so thankful to be back in in the Love and Truth family uh, here in the Savannah campus. I'm at, I've i known about, uh, and, let, and let me do it. Let me start from the top and then work my way down. I've heard about uh, Pastors Eddie and Sherry Couple for decades. I've heard about what the Lord was doing through them. I heard about uh, the global reach of this Faith community and how God had used you to touch the world. And then uh, Pastor Eddie and Sherry reached out to me and invited me to come. And I'm honest, honest before the Lord, because it was about a year ago this actually last week, it was a year ago last week. I didn't know what I was walking into. I believe in the integrity of the prophetic uh, to the degree that I'm a little OCD. I won't watch a service, I won't watch a live cast because when I want to walk in I want to speak with thus saith the Lord not with us saith Facebook so I didn't tune in I didn't know I, like the Queen of Sheba I didn't know when I walked in that side door I did one of these and I looked at my wife and I said oh we didn't pray enough for this oh my lord <laughs> we were, I wasn't ready I didn't know and God connected me to this wonderful family. I feel like I've known you all forever. And I thank God for that, that apostolic leadership that he's given you. And then through that, I started meeting all these wonderful pastors and leaders. And, and I met Pastor AJ, and he started texting me. And would you come to Savannah? And it just, everything worked out. And I'm just so thankful because you're never alone. This, this is a, a weird, wicked world that's trying to make Christians feel like we're isolated, like we're anomalies, like, like we're the weird ones. Now, I'll remind you that the Bible says that you are a royal priesthood. You're a chosen people. And the King James Version says a peculiar people because we've been called out of darkness into his marvelous life. But every now and then when you start feeling like an island, all you need to do is plug back into the body of Christ that's what you have here every time listen god has blessed you with a wonderful faith community called love and truth and when you start you know getting out there and you know life is happening stuff happening you start disconnecting that that's when you start feeling like you're all alone all you got to do is plug back into the power source get around people at love and truth because i tell you this church will love you like most i mean can i be frank are we live streaming tonight Okay, so I can be frank. Not every church loves the people the way they love you here. I'm just telling you right now. Not everybody has all these prayer partners and these intercessors. Can can I be real tonight? Since we're not, you know, if we were intersea, you know, I'd have to, you know, do all the whatever. But I don't have to be political tonight. Not everybody has it as good as you do. So value it. Protect it. Protect your leadership. Protect the house. Protect the members. And thank God every day. Who was it? Was it John Kennedy who said, uh, don't ask what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country? I feel to uh, challenge the members of the Savannah campus. Start praying. Lord, what can I do for love and truth? After all the years that love and truth is blessed, what can I do, Lord? Not just the seed sown, but how? what can I do to serve in the body of Christ? What? Who can I witness to? Who can I pray for? And I promise you, God is going to open a door. And you're going to be busy in the kingdom, busy working for the Lord. Amen. I have proclaimed for two years now, revival is not coming. Revival is here. I heard all my life it was coming. And every time we had a good service, an elder would get up and say, you haven't seen nothing yet. And like I'm like soaking wet, baptized 35 people in a river in the Amazon. I'm like, my God, if this isn't revival. But I believe with all my heart that what Joel uh, Joel chapter 2 prophesied about, in the last day, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. These are the days that were spoken of by the prophet Joel. These are the days that our grandparents prophesied and believed for and our parents built for. We're seeing the last great harvest before the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, that trumpet's about to sound. Hallelujah. And they always told me, forgive me if I'm getting ahead of myself in my sermon, but they told me that true revival, when true revival comes, it affects society. That's how they told me that you'll know true revival has come. When it leaves the church house and it hits every house. Our eyes in the last 30 days, I'm not getting political, but in the last 30 days, We've seen Roe versus Wade overturned. We've seen prayer on football fields and in schools defended. You know why? Because revival is here. It's not coming. Revival is here. And that's a wicked world. But we used to say, there shall be light in the evening time. And I'm telling you, as dark as it gets out there, the light of his glory, the light of revival, the light of truth, the light of holiness is going to shine brighter And that wicked world where every system of man is failing. Republicans have failed. Democrats have failed. The stock market has failed. Crypto has failed. Everything you told people was the path to success has failed. And they're looking for an answer. And they're going to see the glorious light of Jesus Christ. And we're going to let them know in the body we don't have recession. In the body, we don't have inflation. We go from glory to glory to glory. Our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. When we invest in our tithe and offering, we never have a bear market because we got a lion market. When the lion roars, blessing comes our way. Hallelujah. That's a depressed world out there. But our joy will be our witness in this season. Our blessing will be our witness in this season. A year, a year ago, I prophesied to you that heaps was coming. You're going to be blessed, and it will testify to the people. They'll say, What, what do you invest in? And you'll say, The kingdom. And they'll say, is that, is that one of those new NF, I don't even know what that stuff is. I just, you know, I see it on Twitter. Is that one of them new NFTs? No, no, just an old-fashioned offering envelope at the church. And I drop it in a bucket, but when I drop it in the bucket, it's fertile soil. And God takes that, and it's pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and God blesses it. And I got, I don't even have room enough to contain. In fact, here's a little blessing for you. Because this is like Joseph in Egypt. These are fatted calves they're going to wander our way and say, you look blessed. I want what you have. What What is it that you have? And you'll say, let me tell you about a man from Galilee. He sets the captives free. He heals. He delivers. This is a great time to be alive. Great time to be a Christian. I'm a nostalgic guy and I was asking the Lord one day. I may have told you this last year. I said, God, why didn't you let me be alive for the voice of healing? Because I could have been, man, I could have had a lot of fun back then, hanging around with old uh, revivalist people, some of you don't know these names, A.A. Allen and Jack Cole and R.W. Schambach, Oral Roberts, William Branham, and Billy Sunday, Billy Graham, all these, a bunch of Amy Simple McPherson. I said, Lord, why didn't you let me be born then? And you know what he said to me? He said, I didn't need you then. I needed you now. They had their prophets. They had their evangelists. But I needed someone to be a remnant of the power of God in this era. And that's what you and I are alive for today. We're the remnant of revival. We're the remnant of Pentecost. God chose you. There's no surprises here. There's no accidents here. You are destined for such a time as this. And the hand of the Lord is on you. I feel such a spirit of revival here, Pastor AJ. I never went to Brownsville, just full disclosure. I never went to the Brownsville revival. I always wondered what it was like. I've watched the videos. And I'm going to be careful to not say, thus saith the Lord, because I don't. But I'm going to say, this is what I felt. When I was standing at that chair by my daughter and by your wife, I had this feeling. This is what it felt like in Brownsville when the great revival came. Because there's an anticipation and an expectation and a hunger in this room. It's not normal. You don't feel this everywhere you go. But there's a hungry people here. And hunger is what draws the presence of God. And I'm compelling you, urging you, admonishing you in the name of the Lord. Push further. Push deeper. Spend an extra five minutes in prayer. Just spend more time because something is about to happen here. Here specifically, the glory of the Lord is going to be seen here. Just expect it and look for it like a child on Christmas. Doesn't matter how poor you are. Christmas Eve, you sleep with one eye open. Because you know something's coming. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care what your background is. I don't care how you messed up. I don't care what you used to be addicted to. I don't care how many times you've fallen in sin. You better start sleeping with one eye open. Blessings come into your house. Miracles are coming to your house. Hallelujah. I feel bad to even do this, but just, I'm about to preach. I wrote a book that came out this week. I say bad because I get in my own feelings. I don't want to break up the move of God, but I wrote a a book. It came out this past Tuesday. Um. This is, this is my message to the body. It's God's message through me to the body of Christ for this season. I was preaching in a church in Phoenix a year and a half ago. You know, we've always been chasing revival. We chased the move of God down to Brownsville, to Azusa, to Toronto. I mean, we're just always chasing. And I was preaching, and it just came out of my spirit. God said, we don't need revival chasers. We need revival makers. We need Mark 16 believers. Signs and miracles follow them. There's an evidence of the move of God. And so revival is simply that. It's a move of God. And God wants there to be a God wants you to have the moving of his spirit in your family, in your community, in your school, in your nation. And so I wrote this book. I talk about the importance of prayer. Uh, protecting revival with holiness. And some other lessons that I believe are important to you. It just came out on Tuesday. Uh, I was on a program called Flashpoint Tuesday Night. It climbed into the top ten. Thursday morning I woke up, and it was a number one bestseller. A new release, which I can't, I, listen, I'm not an author. I got to tell you, yeah. I can't believe it. But that book is available. Mikel, used to call her little Michael. can't do it now. She's taller than me. But um, Mikel will be out there at the product table, and then she has some t-shirts as well the book is $15 and then she has t-shirts out there last week we were in Los Angeles we did a four-night crusade called the Los Angeles outpouring Um, those four nights plus three other churches that I preached in we had almost 10,000 people in attendance and here's the thing over those over the course of those nights When you tallied all the numbers up, we had a little over 1,300 people that testified that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, water baptized, healed, or received a miracle. You say, so? Well, everybody's cursing California and saying that, you know, God's done with California. Turns out he's not. Turns, Turns out, apparently, there's a remnant there. And there's an old... There's an old prophecy that I feel to address tonight. I don't know why I feel to address it tonight. But there's an old prophecy that says that California would fall off the face of the map. That it would sink into the ocean. And that human eyes would see sharks swimming down the streets of Los Angeles. And I was standing in that pulpit last week in the Los Angeles outpouring. And the Lord spoke to my spirit. And he said, I did have my servant to speak that word. He said, but just like I did with Nineveh in the days of Jonah. I've heard the cry of repentance of my people. He said, I'm giving California a reprieve because they've repented. He said, I found a remnant that won't bow to Baal, but they've stood for me. And I'm telling you, Azusa 2.0 has started in California. There's a mighty wave of revival, a mighty wave of revival. In these last days, I'm so thankful to be alive today. Hallelujah. And the God that moved in California, the God that healed that man this morning of Alzheimer's, is the God that's in this house today. Amen. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? I'm going to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. If my intro was too long, blame the pastor. He said, take your liberty. He even called me brother Suarez, and that, you know the, you start calling me brother and sister. You know, that old time feel. That's an hour and a half sermon right there. Glory to God. Blame the pastor. Ooh. I think our piano player boycotted when I said hour and a half. He's like, nope, I'm out. Peace, deuces, I'm gone. Nope, don't do that. <laughs> Ephesians five verses fifteen through eighteen. And again, I give honor to your pastor, your first lady, and every part of the ministry that's here. Ephesians 5, 15 through 18, I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. Of course, any translation you read from, is just fine. It says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. And make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because it'll ruin your life. But instead, be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Father, use me for your glory tonight. Speak your word through me. Let everything I do and say point towards you. Confirm it with signs, miracles, and wonders that when we go home, we'll say, surely, we've been in the presence of the Lord. And I say that the house is ready for the ministry of the word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. So I've been a pastor and evangelist for 24 years. I've Even when I was pastoring, I would travel. It's always been in my blood. I don't get tired of it. Um, just it's what God called me to do. Whatever other office of ministry I might hold in the future, at heart, I'm an evangelist. And so, I try to go and preach and get home as quick as possible. I'll fly out in the morning, fly out that evening, or or rent a car if I can't find a flight. Whatever I got to do, but I I try to get home as best as I can. We got five kids at home. Uh, Sometimes I'm not coming home just to see my wife. Sometimes I'm coming home to save my wife. Hallelujah. Sometimes... Sometimes they have her, you know, barricaded in the basement. She's like, if you don't get home in two hours, I'm jumping out the window and it's, you, you can have them. I'm like, no, okay, I'll come home. And uh, so when I do get home, one of the things my wife and I like to do is we like to jump in the car and just get lost. I live in the Smoky Mountains and uh, I'm the only Tony in the Smoky Mountains that's not in the witness protection program to the glory of God. And so... <laughs> She'll see me when I walk up to the little country stores. They're like, well, hi, how are you? What's your name? I'm like, Tony. They're like, oh. <laughs> They're like, we want peace. I'm like, hey, listen, it's cool. <laughs> and so we'll get, the, we'll get in the car and we'll just drive up into the mountains and just see where we end up. We don't know where we're going, no agenda. We'll end up in the cutest little cities and towns, and we'll go antiquing, and we'll get, we'll, we'll get lunch. And we'll, wherever we end up, Gina will start Googling and find a little restaurant, little place. and we just It's what we, what we like to do for fun. And so this particular time, I had been gone for about seven days. I had three back-to-back meetings, and so that's obviously a lot longer than I normally have gone. And she said, babe, I'm going to pick you up at the airport, get in the car, and let's just go. So I got in, threw my duffel bag in the trunk, we put the top down, and we just started driving. And as you could tell, maybe you can't tell with my music, I'm extra Pentecostal, okay? (laughs) When I get in the car choir music starts playing. I mean, not only am I Pentecostal, that car is Pentecostal. Because my iPod, my iPod, or whatever you call the thing, the thing that plays your music, that thing's Pentecostal. I mean, I get in the car, and it starts, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. I mean, like, I got tambourines in the car, just in case they ever come back in style. I mean, got praise flags, and the whole deal. Never got into the shofars, but all the rest of it I got. And so, I'm getting in the car, and sure enough, he is a friend of mine. His name's is Ray Jean Wilson. He used to do worship for Kenneth Hagin, different guys. Uh, he's, I got his album. It's the first album on my phone. I get in the car, and right center and it starts, look what the Lord has done. And I mean, it's that, about that fast. He healed my body. He touched my... And I'm getting in the car. I'm just shaking. I'm just, glory to God. Because it hits me, ladies. I mean, I'll fall out alone in my house. I'll fall out and be my own catcher. I mean, I'll get my own modesty cloth. I mean... This is about the time Pastor Eddie would like me to give a disclaimer that the thoughts and the opinions of Tony Suarez are not necessarily those of Love and Truth International Ministries. All right. <laughs> so the music starts playing and Gina says, hey, babe, uh, could, could you turn on something a little more romantic? And again, I'm extra churchy. I said, like, like what? Like hill songs? Like, like, what, what you, like K-Love? What are you looking for? And so she turns on a bunch of worldly filth. I mean, some worldly, filthy singer named Frank Sinatra. I mean, it's just all I know is this song starts singing, you know, fly me to the moon. I'm like, I rebuke that. I serve the sun. Hey, glory to God. (laughs) I'm a dork. I know. And so anyways, I mean, I know it's not that worldly, but anyways, it's not my cup of tea, if we will. So the music's playing. You got to, you know, I, I love my wife, you know, let her listen to her sinful music. And so she's listening to that, and I'm driving, and she goes, hey, babe, we got gas in the car. I'm like, honey, it's 2022. I mean, yeah. I, who looks down at the gas gauge anymore? I mean, you just drive to hear beep. So we take off. And this time, we drove into North Carolina. We ended up in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Ladies and gentlemen, there really is a ridge of blue. I mean, sometimes people name stuff and you're like, I don't really see it. There is a blue ridge on the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's beautiful. And we're up in those mountains, and all of a sudden, beep, 20 miles still empty. I said, see, now we'll get gas. I had no cell phone signal. Turns out it's a bunch of tree-hugging hippies that live up in those. Yeah. Can't find a gas station anywhere. Bunch of, and not just hippies, bougie hippies. Bunch of electric car, Tesla driving, hippies living up there. Elon Musk loving hippies living up in those mountains. I couldn't find a gas station anywhere. Felt like I was in a Dr. Seuss book. I looked here. I looked there. There are no gas stations, Sam, I am. And that thing's beeping 10 miles to empty, five miles to empty. I got down to three miles to empty. I can't exaggerate the story of Gina's here. she tell you it's the truth. I got down to three miles to empty, and I pulled the car off on the side, and I'm frustrated, and I said, turn that filth off. She goes, why? I said, woman, and I never call her woman because, you know, she's from East Tennessee. I found out women over there feisty. I mean, she, you know, she'll check me if I talk the wrong way to her. I said, woman, change that music now. She goes, why? I said, because I have to prophesy and decree and declare a gas station into existence right now. Like, I got to speak that thing, and I can't do it with that filth playing. For you old-timers, you remember Leroy Thompson? Man, it cometh. Well, I'm like, gas station cometh. (laughs) I'm legit. I mean, I I wish I could tell you that I'm making it up. I'm like, I speak a gas station into existence in the next three miles. It cometh in the name of Jesus. When behold, in the thicket. (laughs) That's the last time you heard anybody use the word thicket in a sermon. (laughs) Behold, in the thicket, there was a two-pump mobile gas station. And as far as I'm concerned, I spoke that thing into existence. <laughs> God took my word, sent it 50 years back, built it, send the angels. I pulled up to that gas station, and this old man comes out in these real baggy jeans, kind of like Michael's, with a re- ripped t-shirt, kind of like Michael's. The only thing you don't have on are the suspenders. He's pulling the suspenders up and he says, What can I do you for? I said, I'm here for gas. You is. I think that man is in the witness protection program or he works for the mafia because it surprised them that I wanted to buy gas at the gas station. I'm like, what else do you sell here? He was shocked. You do? Yeah. Yeah. He had to flip a switch on the pump to turn the thing on. And you hear, and I'm like, Lord, we're going to die here. And nobody will know because there's no signal. And, the, you know, we finally get gas in the car, and I'm pacing. I pace when I preach, and I pace when I get nervous. And so I'm pacing in front of the car, and Gina's sitting there, and I just realized I got an audience of one. I'm going to preach a revival for Gina right now. So you know who this would have never happened to? She said, You're gonna tell me. Go ahead. <laughs> it would have never happened to my father. My dad was dirt broke. Whatever you think broke is, he was ten times broke er in the country of Columbia. Dirt floors, outhouses, they had nothing. Didn't finish high school, but he was a preacher of the gospel. Met my mother. They moved to the United States in 1979. He got a job shoveling snow at a bank making $2 an hour. He'd show up at 4 a.m. to shovel the snow. One day, the president of the bank showed up at 4 a.m. and was impressed by the way my dad was shoveling snow and gave him a job inside the bank making 4 bucks an hour. And about a decade later, my father was the vice president of that bank. All the while, he was starting a church, one church that turned into 39 churches. I love my dad. I miss my father. I, but my dad, because of how broke he was and how God blessed him, My dad was OCD about living ready and guarding what you have. And, and, you know, my dad, the car was always clean. The gas tank was always full because he remembered the days when he had nothing. See, a lot of people, when they don't pay the price, they won't value what they have. That's why, you know, little, little little kids will have a blankie can't go to sleep with but let that little kid walk with the blankie and they see god knows what they'll just drop the blankie but mom and dad who bought that blankie they said nope 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 because that was on your debit card so you protect what you what you value i hope someone's getting the understanding today of why jesus is so jealous of you he paid the price It's his blood that's on your life. And so when you try to deter from the plan of God, when you try to walk away, or when sin tries to steal you, the father steps up and says, nope, 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 nope. I gave my only begotten son. I paid paid with the blood on Calvary. I'm not going to let the enemy steal. And so my father, I said all that because my dad, when God blessed him, my dad was very protective of the blessing. And he wanted to live, he was organized, he was responsible, and he wanted us to be responsible. He wanted us to learn the value of hard work. He wanted us to learn to appreciate the things we had. And one thing I'll always remember about my dad is that we never drove on an empty gas tank. Our gas tank was always full. Now we'd go on road trips. Now this is in the 80s, the 90s, but especially in the 80s, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we didn't have a we didn't have GPS. We performed to perform MapQuest. Some of you money people could go to AAA and have them do the whole highlighter and figure out where you were going. But some of us common folk, it was just. And something about you put your tongue out of your mouth that would just kind of help you find where north is. <laughs> and so we'd go on road trips. And if the tank was even a quarter low, my dad would stop and say, what well, time to get gas? And I said, Dad, why do we got to stop all the time? It'd get him mad. He'd say, "Because you don't know." He yelled at me in Spanish, full. Blo- I mean, it's like watching I Love Lucy, having Ricky Ricardo yell it. Es que usted no sabe. Usted no sabe cuándo va a estar la próxima gasolinera. Usted no sabe cuántas millas hay que estar aquí en este carro hasta que encontramos el próximo lugar. Y cuando lo encontramos, usted no sabe si va a estar abierto. <laughs> He'd say, "You don't know when the next gas station is going to show up." You don't know how long it's going to be. And you don't know if we get there, if it's going to be open. He'd say, so you got to be ready. You don't drive with an empty gas tank. You drive with a full gas tank. And I I was just talking to Gina there while the gas pump is still going. It may have stopped, but I kept preaching glory to God because there was no timer on that sermon that day. I said the difference between my daddy and me and our generations is that we have become experts Living on empty. We know. Listen, your car beeps at you and says it's empty, and you say, no, it's not. (laughs) It's not till the needle tickles the last line of the E. (laughs) You're driving on fumes. I mean, the car is puttering, and you're like, I got 50 more putters. (laughs) Because we're, li- we're used to living on empty. we become experts at defining how empty is empty. And the thing is that what happens in the natural sometimes is a type and foreshadow of what's happening in the spiritual. Because the issue, if I can be honest with you, the issue with a lot of Christians is that they're living on empty. They're living off of the fumes of their mother's prayer life. They're living off of the fumes of what another generation did. They're living off of the remnants of a little bit of Holy Ghost revival that used to be in your family. And that's why you found yourself broken down on the side of the road and backslidden and you got no power and you can't rebuke any devils and you can't pray through any kind of healing and you can't have any kind of a breakthrough. You're living on empty. But God brought me to Savannah to tell you, be ye filled of the Holy Ghost. It's time to plug back in and say, Father, fill me till I'm overflowing. Fill me with power. Fill me with anointing. Fill me with joy. Because these aren't the days to be playing around. These aren't the days to be living any old way, doing whatever you want. You got to be careful, ladies and gentlemen. Because Jesus is coming again soon, and very soon the trumpet is going to sound. And when he comes, you won't be able to say, well, no one told me. No one prepared me. You're wrong. I'm here right now, and I'm telling you, you better be ready. You better be full of the Holy Ghost. You better be full of consecration. It's not worth losing your salvation over. We're too close to the end to break down now. The Bible tells the story of ten bridesmaids. They were going to a wedding. They were waiting on the bridegroom. All ten of them had lamps. Well, that's important. But it turns out only five had the oil. I thank God for every... Listen, the Bible says that the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet. A light unto our path. I thank God for every Bible-believing Christian. I thank God for everyone that has a lamp. But ladies and gentlemen, it's not enough to just have a lamp. You got to have the oil. The oil is the type and foreshadow of the Holy Ghost. You can't just have the Word. You got to have the Word and the Spirit. For the true worshiper will worship Him in spirit and in truth. You got to be full of the Holy Ghost. You got to have the oil. You got to have the fire. You can't make it outside of the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus died and was placed in a tomb, and it was the Spirit of the living God. It was the Spirit of God that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. If He could do that, for Jesus imagine what the Holy Ghost can bring you out of he can bring you out of addiction he can bring you out of a bad attitude he can bring you out of a terrible day if he could do that for Jesus imagine what he could do for you why would you be living without the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit I love my roots I love the foundation of Pentecost that was laid In my life. And I look back at times. And just. In appreciation for where I come from. No I'm not exactly the way they are. I don't do everything the way they did it. But neither did they with their parents generation. Everybody changes a little bit. But ladies and gentlemen the foundation of prayer. The foundation of consecration, the foundation of the Holy Ghost, that never changes. You can paint it a different color. You can remodel the house, but you don't play with the foundation. We're always going to be Bible-believing Christians. We're always going to lift up the name of Jesus. We're always going to emphasize the power of the Holy Spirit. We're always going to emphasize the need for consecration and for prayer. And I would say more than ever before it's needed. Because you can't live in 2022 like you used to in 1999. I know I know, some of you like that song. You know, we're going to party like it's 1999. Well, you can't party like it's 1999. Everything changed. Sometimes restaurants aren't open when you think they're going to be open. Sometimes Walmart isn't there when you think it's going to be. It's to the point, at least in East Tennessee, you can't go out to eat without calling the restaurant first to see if they're even going to be open. And if you say, oh, I just, I'm going to go because my favorite dish, you got to call and make sure they have your favorite dish. Sometimes Taco Bell runs out of ground beef. It's the truth. That's, ladies and gentlemen, if that's not tribulation. (laughs) I was driving home from the airport one night by myself, got in late. Well, it wasn't that late. It was 8.30. And I was driving home from the airport going home, and, you know, Gina doesn't really like me eating McDonald's, but since we're not live streaming, I can just be, you know, honest tonight. No one sent her the video. And I decided, well, I'm just going to get it without her. And when I get home, why does she have to know? Don't ask, don't tell, right? Hallelujah. Michael, hush your mouth. Glory to God. So I was going to go, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a humble man. I don't need a lot, just a little Big Mac. I don't need the large fries. can be a medium fry. I mean, I don't need a lot. And I pulled into McDonald's and they were closed at 8:30. The devil is a liar. <laughs> There's a sign on the door. Due to staff shortage, we're closed. Like what? You can't even count on McDonald's being open. Used to be if you got a headache, you could run out to Walgreens get yourself some ibuprofen if you needed it in any hour of the day. Not anymore. That means you have to prepare. That means you got to buy it and have it just in case. That means you got to have some food. in house. I was preaching for Love and Truth last year, and I went a little long, a little longer than I've gone tonight, by the way, before you start judging me. I went, how long? How long did you go? The only thing open to eat that night was a gas station. Pastor Eddie and Pastor Sherry are like, look, if you pull that one again, we'll cancel you. I'm kidding. They didn't say that. But there legit was nowhere to eat. Now, I'm talking about the way life is for us right now. But ladies and gentlemen, that's kind of how it is spiritually right now. You can't afford to be playing right now. You can't. Don't toy with the grace and mercy of God. If he's forgiven you, thank him for it. But protect the grace. Protect the mercy. And live ready. Make sure that your life is full of the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus is coming again. A previous generation wrote songs and lived according to this philosophy. Whatever it takes to draw closer to you, Lord, that's what I'll be willing to do. For whatever it takes for my will to break, that's what I'll be willing to do. They'd sing songs and say, take my houses and land. Change my dreams and my plans. For I'm laying my whole life in your hands. That was a song of one generation. But a generation rose up and said, what else can I get away with and still be saved? And it's a pathetic way to live because you're living on the edge. Gene and I like to go hiking in Sedona, up there in, in, in the Red Rocks and out, out there by the Grand Canyon. You know what I would never do? I'd never try to do a balancing act on the edge of the canyon. Why would you do that? I'm, if I took my kids there, and, and, you know, those boys, they're always, you know, just daredevils. If they went and they stood on the edge, I'd be hauling them by the, by the mane and pulling them back, saying, what, what are you doing? Why are you playing with your life? Ladies and gentlemen, if you could hear the voice of the Spirit, some of us have gotten too close to the edge. We got one foot in the world and one. I know how I sound. I know I like, I know, I sound like I'm a 94-year-old Pentecostal preacher, but it's gotten to that place. I'm warning you. Get one, you got one foot in the world, one foot in the church. It's time to get out of the world and get all the way. You can't play around. You got to live ready you got to be full of prayer full of prayer because that's where you and God talk to each other and listen prayer isn't just you giving him a laundry list of what you want prayer is listening my mother had a book that was written years ago called uh, i think it was called the prayer journey and we would do these prayer journeys in our church there was different stations different rooms that were set up for different types of prayer there was the room of thanksgiving There was the room of petitions. There was the room of repentance. And so it was teaching you a model of prayer. And the most difficult room to be in was the room of meditation. Now, I'm not talking about some kind of hippie hmm, kind of meditation. I'm talking about the room of Sila, the room of. In that room, you weren't supposed to talk. You were supposed to listen. It was the most difficult room to be on during the prayer journey because nobody likes to listen. It is difficult, but do you know that when you pray, God wants to talk back to you. He doesn't like all these one-sided conversations. Hey, if that doesn't work in your marriage, why would it work in your relationship with Christ? He wants to talk, but he's a gentleman. He won't interrupt you. I think if you could see into heaven, you'd find him uh, many times. You say, "Lord, uh, Father, I need you to give me an answer about your marriage," and he's about my marriage, and he's about to talk. And and you say, "But," and and you see Jesus up there. I, And then you say, in Jesus' name, amen. And you never gave him a chance to talk. But live a life full of prayer where you talk to him and he talks back to you. Have a life full of joy. Ephesians, if you have that scripture, can you put it back up there? It says, be careful how you live in these evil days. Ladies and gentlemen, these are evil. These are evil days. It says, make the most of it. Don't act thoughtlessly. Don't be drunk with wine. Can I park here for a minute? I'm not telling you what to do. You do you, boo. And I'll do me. The Lord spoke to my heart earlier this year. He said, it breaks my heart that I've given the body of Christ the new wine. And they're still hung up on the old wine. The old wine that leads to death and destruction. But the new wine will give them joy unspeakable and, full of gl- and fill them full of glory. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't, 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 don't partake of those things. Just leave it aside. You say, are you, are you telling me I'm going go to go? Listen, I should have probably even have gone there. I'm just telling you. Why dabble? Why play around? Why open a door? Everybody that's been honest and talked about their struggle lately say it began with drinking. So I just made a decision for me. As for me and my house, I didn't say your house. As for me and my house, we're just not even going to open the door. I'm I'm not even going to get that that close to the edge. Why? Because my salvation is too valuable to play with it. Because what you do in moderation, another generation will do in excess. Israel had a problem. I'm getting ready to preach the sermon. I haven't preached it in its entirety yet. I'm getting ready to preach it. Israel's problem is that... Outside of the tent, they worshiped the God of Israel. But it turns out that when when they left Egypt, they didn't leave Egypt in Egypt. But inside of the tent, they still had the gods of Egypt. The Bible says, just in case. They had a plan B in case God didn't come through. And they could hide it from Moses. They could hide it from Aaron. They could hide it from Pastor Eddie. They could hide it from Pastor A.J., But they couldn't hide the hypocrisy from their children. Their children saw what was happening in the tent. Your children know what you really are. Your children know if you got a plan B. Your children know if you really believe in prayer. And I'm telling you, you got to live the faith not just in the sanctuary, but in the sanctuary of your home. Remove every old God, every idol, and make sure that that house is full of the glory of God. When the kids leave for school, Gina walks up and down the hallways, and she touches every door. She's praying over the hallway. Ways of the house. She's praying over every bedroom. Why? Because they're teenagers and they get tempted and the enemy rises up against them. The is making sure that the house is full of the glory of God, full of prayer, full of consecration because the enemy does want to attack my children. The enemy does want to attack your home. But when those demons come to attack your home, I want my house to be so full of the glory of God that there isn't an inch for the enemy to creep in. I want our house so full of prayer that the enemy won't be able to get in and he'll have to go back to the pit of hell and report back to his captain. I tried to get in there. I tried to destroy the marriage. I tried to put their children under addiction. But you can't get in that house. That house is full of prayer. That house is full of consecration. That house is full of the glory of God. Forgive my screaming got to be full of the Holy Ghost, full of joy. Make yourself happy. You got a list of everything going wrong for you. Make a list of everything that's gone good for you. Look back over your life and see the goodness of the Lord. Be full. The Bible says sing songs, spiritual songs. That's so why I rebuke Sinatra. I'm just teasing. I'm, I'm, I'm just having fun. I'm a a nerd. It says make music to the Lord in your hearts. For any of you Disney fans, especially you old school Disney fans, you remember Eeyore? Last year I wrote a book called Defeating the Spirit of Hyena. I'm thinking about writing a book, Defeating the Spirit of Eeyore. Hey, Eeyore, how are you? Not good. How do you feel today? horrible. If Eeyore had a theme song, it would be Nobody Knows the Trouble I've Seen. Nobody Knows My Sorrow. Winnie the Pooh, go talk to Eeyore all the time. How's it hanging? It's not hanging. Eeyore was always depressed, always down in the dumps. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been bought by the blood, we've been saved. We're a royal priesthood. We're the head and not the tail. We're joint heirs with Christ to the promises of God the Father. We don't, why are we depressed? Sing yourself happy. Sing yourself to the joy of the Lord comes over you. Change your song. And I close with this if the musicians want to come. There's a lot of complaining, a lot of cursing on people's lips these days. David said, let the praises of the Lord be continually in my mouth. Because if you're praising, you're not complaining. I remember growing up in the church, you'd come to camp meeting and God get out there and he'd say, Give God your very best praise from the innermost parts of your belly. Not belly, but belly. Give him a praise from the innermost parts. Uh, give him a praise from that deep part with him. And I mean, it's, you know, like, it, you know, make, give you a little, ooh. Even those of you weren't raised in Pentecost, you had a little, you had a little shake right there. You're like, ooh, shut da 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 Oh. Got a little quickening there. Don't do that. We'll scare the people. They're not ready for us to tune up. They're not ready for us to walk in here and say, slap seven people and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. They're not ready. Don't do that. Don't. They're not ready for all of that. How do you know about that stuff there, my God in heaven? All right. Lord, help me finish the sermon. What was I talking about? Oh, I remember. Give him a praise. And they do all of that. And it all sounds good. But you know, the Bible never asked for you to give a praise from the innermost parts of the inner depths of your belly. (laughs) Say, give him the fruit of your lips. Because there's life and death in the tongue. I don't have to feel it here to speak it here. I speak it and then I feel it. When the enemy comes against me I say God is good and his mercy endureth forever. When sickness comes I feel that praise and I say Jesus is the healer. The world don't believe it but Jesus is the healer and he heals me all the time. He raised the sick, he healed the dead. There's no need to fear or dread. Fill your house with praise. Fill your house with faith. Fill your life with the word. There was a day when you had Christian television on all the time, you had Christian radio playing all the time, there was a day that you had a paper Bible in your house and you read it every day. You say, well, I got the app. That's cool. I'm not against the app. But if a hacker ever messes with the app, you should make sure you still got paper Bible in your house. When my kids come in and say, Daddy, I checked my app. It didn't say what you said. I want to say, well, let me show you what the paper says right here. <laughs> My memories of my father if I close my eyes I can still see him in Villa Park, Illinois I can come down the steps of my house getting ready to go to school and I can see my daddy sitting at the kitchen table his bible open coffee cup full and when I came down those steps I knew my daddy had already been with Jesus I knew he had already been in the word my house was full because my dad made sure the house was full of the glory of God I couldn't leave the house without saying, Blessed is a man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to him that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. For any man when he is tempted is drawn away by his own lust and enticed, and when lust is conceived it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished it bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brother. I had to say that at seven. We're trying to understand what's wrong with our teenagers. They don't even know Jesus wept. I'm so convicted. I'm not, look, I'm not one of those people, Church. I don't like church fashion, and I'm not saying we gotta go back and do everything the way we did in 1982. But I'm saying you better make sure you know the word. You better know the presence. You better know the spirit of God. Now for you that are new and you say, Suarez, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. God loves you so much he's willing to commune, commune with you every day it was the original plan in the garden of Eden he walked with Adam and Eve every day they were, that the garden was so full of the glory of God before the fall it was so full of the glory of God they weren't even aware of their nakedness because, because the glory of God shone, shined brighter than anything else God wants to get us back to the place of communion with Him where we're so full of the things of God that the things of this earth grow strangely dim. Would you stand with me in this house tonight? Pastor AG, I hope I didn't say anything wrong. If I did, I'm sorry. If I did, please don't tell Pastor Eddie. Hallelujah. Anybody else, please, don't tell Pastor Eddie either. We'll give you five dollars or something. I don't know. just... I just don't want to miss seeing Jesus. And the older I get, and the bigger those kids get, the more convicted I get. What would it have been worth preaching the gospel around the world? and my kids not know what I know. What would it be worth? You know, my wife, my first wife, their mom passed away. If you don't know our story, I'm not going to spend a lot. I I won't tell the whole testimony. You're already standing. But their mom passed away six years ago from leukemia, my three original children. I remarried a few years later. The lady I married, she lost her first husband 13 years ago to colon cancer. She had a five-year-old and a one-year-old. We have five children between the two of us. When I get to heaven, the most important voice that I'll hear up there is that of Jesus saying, well done, good and faithful, sir. But after that lifetime encounter with Jesus, sir, her mom is going to find me and say, do you remember our last conversation? Do you remember when I grabbed your arm and I said, whatever you do, get my babies to heaven? words of babies. I don't want to look at Jessica and say, I'm sorry. I was too busy preaching. There's a man up there named Mylon McCool. Uh, 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 Corey McCool. Mylon's my stepson. There's a man up there named Corey McCool. Mylon and Macy's father. I never met him on the earth. I heard about him, but never met him. When I get to heaven and I shake Corey's hand will be the first time I met him, and I don't want Corey to say to me, "Hey Tony, thank you for stepping up and helping with my family." Where's Macy? Where's Mylan? I really want to see my boy. Me say, Corey, I'm sorry. We were building a business. We were selling books. We were we were too busy what would it profit me the Bible says to gain the whole world and lose your soul take it one step further to lose my family what would it profit you ladies and gentlemen to lose out on heaven because you got mad at the church you got mad over an election you got mad it's not worth it you're so full of politics you're so full of conspiracy theories. You're so full of every agenda of man, and not one of them can save you. You know what CNN says and you know what Fox says. You know what Wolf says and you know what Tucker says, but what saith the Lord? So just so that you have faith that I'm closing. Come in the name of Jesus to tell you, to admonish you, be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with consecration. Every day, take time to pray for the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost. Every day, take a little bit of time and get in the Word and fill your life with the Word. Read one chapter of the book of Proverbs so that you get wisdom read one chapter of the Gospels so that you get Jesus in you and then for those of you that love revival read one chapter of the book of Acts so that you get revival in you every day get the word in you you take time to read your blogs you take time to read, listen to your podcast you take time to read Facebook take time to read the word get the word in you get some prayer in you get some Holy Ghost in you and you'll watch how your perspective changes Brother Tenney, Bishop Tenney, an old Pentecostal general. I was interviewing him one day on TBN and he said, Brother Tony, I wake up every morning and I say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will, he said it like that, I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. And he pointed at me in the face and he said, because Brother Tony, some days you got a will to do it someday sometimes the day doesn't lend itself to rejoicing sometimes the marriage doesn't lend itself to happiness sometimes the children or vice versa sometimes the parents don't lend it. but you got to make a decision i'm going to will myself i will rejoice i will be glad because god allowed me to live and this is the day the lord has made this is the day of salvation this might be the day that i see the miracle so I close with this in a moment I'm going to open this altar if you've never been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost he said this promise is is unto all flesh if you're flesh pinch yourself if it hurts you qualify for the baptism of the Holy Ghost well I'm not perfect I did this I did that Bible didn't say anything about that it said if you're flesh the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will fill you and live in your mortal body That's amazing, ladies and gentlemen. Know ye not, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God dwells in you. And when I pray for you, I believe there'll be an evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, tongues isn't what we're chasing. It's not the end all. Because there's something called the fruit of the Spirit. You can talk in tongues, but if there's not love and joy then I, you caught tongues I, I don't need to, we need the fruit of the spirit we don't need religion we need the real thing someone asked me well, why is it tongues I don't know I just know that when the Jews and the Gentiles caught it Peter got in trouble preaching outside his denomination you know he got in called he got called before the district board why are you preaching amongst those people God told me well how do you know they caught that Holy Ghost Peter didn't say, we saw them spin. We saw them fall. And I believe in all of it. He said, we heard them speak with tongues. That was the common denominator between Jew and Gentile. Why he chose that, I don't know. But when you get to heaven and you go to the assimilation meeting and the angel says, are there any questions? You raise your hand and say, "Uh, yeah, uh, I'd like to know uh, why, why it was tongues. But until then, I'm just telling you what's in the book. In a moment, I'm going to pray for you, and I believe you'll speak with tongues. The Bible doesn't say you'll think with tongues. It says you'll speak with tongues. you got to turn the analytical switch off and turn the faith switch on. You just speak, just like a baby. Tries to talk. It says, Mama, Dada, speaks a few syllables. I'll celebrate a few syllables in tongues tonight. Because a few syllables will turn into a few sentences. Sentences will turn into phrases that will turn into a language. And today you speak syllables. But a year from now, you'll be speaking things in the spirit that you know not of. You'll be praying for nations. It starts with a few syllables. And then lastly, if you you already have the Holy Ghost, you might need a refilling. Now, I've told my mother Carver's story at Love and Truth Enough, so I won't do it again. But I'm telling you. You think nothing of getting your car refilled with gas three, four times a week, even at these prices. You complain about the price, but you're still pumping gas. You don't write a letter to Chrysler or to Ford and say, you know, I got to keep refilling this thing with gas. Why would you think that you just need one filling of the Holy Ghost to get through this world? I saw a meme. I wish I have said it, but I saw a meme And said, I don't need the Holy Ghost simply to go to heaven. I need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart. Hallelujah. Every day you need to connect to the fountain. Say, fill my cup, Lord. Fill my life. Fill me. So this call tonight is for those that have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you say, Pastor, I want it tonight. Or secondly, for those of you that are like me and you got teenagers. I'm sorry. I mean, you've lived a lot of life and you say, Suarez. I need a refilling of the Holy Ghost. If that's you at the count of three, would you raise your hand? One, two, three. Raise it now and keep it high. Look at all those hands, all those hands, all those hands, all those hands. If you would be so kind, would you join me in this altar, those of you that have your hands raised, if you're willing to come? I want to pray for you in just a moment. Hallelujah hallelujah when when you're coming I'm putting myself out there a little bit but if there's a man named Phil that's coming would you raise your like wave at me so I know who you are because I feel the prophesy to a man named Phil and I'll wait until Phil shows up while I'm ministering is there anyone else I'm waiting for a few more to come I'm waiting for a few more to come Hallelujah. I feel to pray for someone's vision tonight. Um, This is the best way I know how to describe it. If you look into a bright light, if you look in the sun, or you look into, like, somebody, you know, turns a flashlight on, it's like that blinding light. I don't think I've ever called that out, but I feel someone, your vision has been impaired, and it's like that. It's like there's always a glare, there's always that whatever. You need the Lord to touch your eyes tonight. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I feel to pray for your eyes tonight. There you are, sir. I don't think I've ever called that out before. But I I felt that so strong, I could actually see it. I've called this out before. I don't know if it's, I'm going to call it a fake heart attack. Because the chest pain isn't on the side where your heart is, it's on the other side. But it's scary nonetheless I, I'm going to call it a fake heart attack Because I, I think that's actually the thing But if that's you, you're having chest pains Not on the side of your heart, but on the other side I mean, I know you're you know, On the right side If that's you, would you raise your hand You need the Lord to touch you today Because I feel that pain right now Sometimes that's how I know what to pray for Is there anybody with that chest pains If not, maybe it's just me maybe, Oh, there you are, sir. Aren't you glad we didn't rush it Wait on the Lord. Wait and trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you that have come for the Holy Spirit, there's a few more that I'm going to call. I'm going to pray for those eyes. I'm going to pray for that chest. And God will do more today. But those that have come for the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the refilling of the Holy Spirit, He said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. In a moment, I'm going to pray for you. When I shout the word now, I want you to open your mouth and begin to praise God, and you'll begin to speak in other tongues. This is easy. Don't make it complicated. Don't make, we make it complicated. This is the gift from the Father. If I told you, if I told you I was going to give you this, I said, here, you can have it. it. Take it. Take it. Psych. No, take it. I want you to have it. No, I want you to beg me for it. No, I want you to run around the room 75 times and scream and spit and all that, and then you can have it. That doesn't sound like a gift. It sounds like manipulation. It's the gift of the Father. Just receive it. Imagine that the Father is here, and and just receive it. Just breathe it in. You know, when Jesus prayed over the disciples, and I'm not, don't worry, I'm not going to blow on you. I know people are so care, you know, scared in this season, you know, but Jesus just, and they breathed in the Holy Spirit. So imagine it maybe that way, just, and then when you exhale, you'll exhale in tongues. I don't think I've ever described it that way, but that's how I felt to describe it. He will fill you today with the Holy Spirit. Father, I've preached your word the way you've given it to me. In a moment when I lay hands on your people, I ask that there would be a witness of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, that they would know that this old-time Pentecostal power is still real and relevant, and it's still for everyone. All right, raise your hands. When I shout the word now, you guys sing whatever you feel like singing about power, the Holy Spirit, fire, I don't know, something like that. Ready? Have those hands raised. I'm about to pray over you. When I shout now, you're going to open your mouth and tongues are going to come forward. By the authority of the Word of God, by the power that's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be ye filled with the Holy Ghost and with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, in Jesus' name. Come on, speak it out. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.